Wiggly Podcast 57 comes to you this week from the Wiggly Sofa, and I'm Dickle Pink, because Ricardo's back. <laughs> Dickle Pink. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, shirt. yeah, yeah. For the benefit of the listener, I've got a pink shirt on. Which, is why which my I head gave has you. got that in mind. Which you did, yeah, because it was for Phil originally, wasn't it? Yeah. You I, would, I what do you think of it? What do you, yeah, what do you yeah. think of it, Phil? I quite like it. It's very nice. They're very comfortable shirts, but I didn't think the colour was the colour was... Yeah. 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 Oh, no, you've got some problem there. It's real cool. Phil prefers brown. But <laughs> 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 well, I must yeah. say, it's good, it's good to be back. It's good to be back on the Wiggly Sofa. Yes. And it's good to be back with the three of us, for sure. Absolutely. Although, having said that, it was nice when you and Phil, weren't it? <laughs> when yeah. Rachel and I did You were a naughty yeah. boy, yeah. you were. Yeah. That was really good. Mm. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, but mm. Phil, I've noticed, I've listened to a couple of podcasts recently, and I've noticed that you have taken any opportunity to have a bit of a dig at Richard. Uh, anything, you know, there's something comes up. Well, oh, specifically, Richard. Rich? A couple of things. I noticed that it was misinterpreted. Phil said, uh, Rachel was saying where I'd been or where I was a few weeks ago, and, and she'd said he might be at school or an authority. And what she, what she meant, what, what I thought she meant, or what she, I'm sure she meant, was that I was at the local authority if I was doing a talk or something like that, yeah. you know, a council, and Phil thought that she, she was implying that I was some sort of authority. And he said, oh, no, Far Ricardo isn't me. an authority. <laughs> sort of thinking, anyway, I'm getting a little dig in. And I can't remember, there was, was, there was one thing last week as well which I thought was quite funny. Waffling but, on wildlife, I reckon. Waffling on wildlife, that was it. Did you appreciate my comments about hunting? And if the old feudal system. Absolutely. Old, I always yeah. appreciate yeah. all of your comments, Rich. <laughs> Enough of this tittle-tattle. On this week's show, we've got Anita Roddick having a rant. So I thought, bearing in mind that you two do like a rant, and I normally stop you, that I would allow you each one rant. So we've got a rant from Ricardo, Excellent. rant from Farmer Phil, rant from myself. And I asked Michael if he would want a rant, but he looked at me sagely and implied that his only rant would be that we got the podcast finished on time. <laughs> now, I promised you that we would have squirrels coming up on the show, and Philippa is going to be interviewed tomorrow. Right. But I do have a comment from Dave back on squirrels. He's our first top five wiggler. Have you seen my blog, Rich? I haven't seen it since I looked at it on Tuesday, I think it was. Well, we've um, got our first customer top five, and it's from Dave back. He's a science teacher, married to a ceramicist, loves the process of turning carrot peel into soil, and he hates grey squirrels. Any recipes for squirrel oh, pie? man after my own heart. Well done. There are some recipes for squirrel pie. In fact, you can make quite a nice squirrel pie. I've eaten squirrel, you know. It's quite nice. It's quite gamey. It's a little bit stronger than rabbit, but it's really tasty. And there are things you can do with it. The only thing with a squirrel is when you've skun it, it looks very small. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do like they do in South America, like kebab. Um, in the southern states, squirrel was often on a menu. Elvis used to eat squirrel. It was on, you know, his family he used to they used right. to tuck into a bit of a squirrel feast. One, a, probably quite a neat thing to do with a squirrel. I went to a pig roast on bonfire night. Right, it was really, it's quite cool. There's a whole suckling pig on a, on a rod, you know, being turned over the fire. Cracking was absolutely beautiful. But what might be quite fun is if people got squirrels and did the same thing on a sort of <laughs> smaller miniature, miniature sort of squirrel roast. That would be really good fun. It'd be Actually, great that, fun for that'd be quite good because you, you could know. put it in the fire and you could have a squirrel sparkler. <laughs> Squirrel sparklers. No, oh, another no. wiggly product. Why have you all got it in for squirrels? Well, the trouble is, is that I was, wildlife, I so was brought up to believe that a squirrel is a rat with a bushy tail. Yeah, a grey exactly squirrel, I must say. that the They were introduced, were they? They were introduced. I think it was 18, 1860s or something. Originally, they started to spread. It's because they're a very successful animal. 
and you have to take your hat off to them for that. But they're such pests. They're really, really bad. Not only oh, do they I spread hideous it... diseases, but they, they're systematic killers of everything that's wonderful and meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be biased. Do you think I overstate the mark? I don't think so. I think they're, 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 they are really quite bad. Heath. Richard, the environmentalist, has got this evil glint in his eye of yeah. death. In many respects, you know, the whole kind of vermin control thing is, as I mentioned before, is a bit inappropriate. But squirrels, because we introduced them to this country, it's our responsibility to control them as well. Yes, but this introduction thing, we've discussed this before. What point do you want to conserve the countryside at the point before that then, is it now? No, you have to conserve the countryside Mm. to to the extent where it's very rich in diverse forms of life. That's the point. And, and because if you end up with grey squirrels, you, they push the reds out, not necessarily physically, but they're far more adept at being able to survive winters and they also spread diseases which bump the poor old red squirrels off and whatnot. Well, I'll listen to you. So, yeah, I mean, um, so eat them, eat them. So this is so this <laughs> chap here, <laughs> the squirrel, with, a, with requesting that someone's got some recipes of squirrel pie. A fair play to him. Good on him. Well, any feedback, listeners? Um, email richard at wigglywigglers.co.uk or put a comment on my chingo on my blog. You can actually record something. Yeah. And we've got the first one of those coming up in a bit. But whether or not Richard's right about squirrels, I don't know. But one we'll thing, find one that. I, yeah, one thing I do want to say before, before I forget, Philippa. one thing that really occurred to me, a great way, a really sustainable way of feeding birds is to, uh, when your squirrels are balancing on your nut feeders, is get yourself an air rifle. Pop your squirrel off, off the food, <laughs> job done. And then you can have a buzzard bird table. So you put your squirrel on the bird table and the buzzards love them. They really enjoy squirrels. And it's a great way of, of being able to feed birds in a completely sustainable fashion. Lots and lots of squirrels. Buzzards get a lovely free feed. You get to see a fantastic raptor at close quarters. And in many respects, it's much more sustainable, environmentally sound to feed birds on something like a, a squirrel, for instance, than it is to import peanuts and, uh, and mealworms from, from as far away as, uh, as, as Asia. So, Wrecked yeah. the sails. Absolutely <laughs> ruined wiggly sails. That's uh, it. I don't know why you bothered coming back. I really don't. That's right. Don't bother uh, buying anything, listener. Just go and <coughs> a squirrel off with an air gun. <laughs> I've got to say that I have not seen a buzzard eating peanuts recently, I must say. (laughs) That's all right then. Is it legal? (laughs) It is, yeah. In the UK? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Perfectly reasonable and perfectly legal to go out and pick yourself up an air gun for a few quid and and go and bump off the the squirrel pot. In fact, often when people ask me how do they get rid of squirrels, I'll 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 recommend that they get themselves an air rifle in. Jobs good are good. Lord, I'm on a, on a absolutely <coughs> shocked and stunned. A little, a little safety <laughs> note that anybody who does decide that they want to pop off a few squirrels with an air rifle, it is a good hint always to do it from the bedroom window so you are shooting downhill. Oh, God, now we've got absolutely. a safety report on the Wiggly podcast. It is, it is now, worth I mean, now, actually, I any, any, uh, if you're using fire, firearms for any description, it's worth, you know, it's, it's worth taking into account that they are... Listen, guys, if health and safety have insisted that on our drive we put a sign saying five miles per hour as part of the uh, Protection (coughs) Act of 1982 at work, I'm quite sure that we're not allowed to promote using air guns, shoot your squirrels out of your bedroom window. So, listener, take no notice at all. (laughs) Just get your mealworms, enjoy your garden, and leave these barbaric lunatics... (laughs) to pop off their own little grey squirrels.
Rich, on a lighter note, mm. how are you? I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. I've shown you my wrist, haven't I? Do you like my scar, my little scar? Mm. It's quite hard under there now because I'm full of metal. So uh, can you feel oh. it? It's quite, it's quite, it's quite hard. And then obviously I've got a lot, a lot more metal in my, in my heel. But yeah, but I can't get my wrist over, you know? I can get it that far because it's supposed to go over. It's pretty much... 90 degrees like that but uh, mm. tell so us think, the story about the butchers oh the butchers no well i have so you notice i've got new crutches today yes because of course the most important thing when you're trying to get better is to get lots of exercise and to use your, your limbs really i mean not to use them to the extent where you would normally but to use them to get them working again so anyway last week well a couple of weeks ago i decided to go down to the butchers in the village because i get tea so off I went, and I'd, I'd noticed that the, the end of one of the crutches had worn out, and the, the spiky bit, you know, the metal pole was just sticking out the end. But it was enough, it seemed to have been sufficient purchase while I was walking along the track anyway, mm. down to the village. <laughs> so off I went, off I went. I was doing really well, you know, really swinging my it's way between way, the crutches. Yeah, yeah. And I managed to get down into the butchers. I was, funny enough, I got my hair cut yesterday, did you notice? Yes, yeah. very nice. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I was telling them in the hairdressers. I thought I'd cheer them up as well. So uh, I went into the butchers and I was grappling with the fellow because he was talking about fishing. The guy never says anything. He never says anything. The first time I mentioned to him about fishing, because he's got a couple of photos and I couldn't, couldn't shut him up. So he rattles on about fishing. That's great because I was really into it as well. So he's rattling on. And we were getting, getting enthusiastic. Anyway, <laughs> next thing I know, on my left hand side, my crutch went from <laughs> went underneath me on the quarry tile floor. And off. I went trying to get purchase with my blasted arm on a shiny butcher's counter. Went slipping straight across. They were, they were in hysterics. You know, like, Richard, are you all right? Are you all right? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Of course, what I did is, you, know, you imagine, I wasn't supposed to put my left foot to the floor then, for, the, for obvious reasons, because I smashed the heel bone. But, of course, I slammed it down on the floor but tried to, in order to get some balance. Otherwise, I'd have just gone straight through the glass window. So I... So I managed to get back up, and, but it, oh, it hurt so much, it hurt so much. I said, are you all right, Richard? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, fine. <laughs> I just gritted my teeth. But, but Sarah went down there again a few days later, and she said, they were really laughing about the whole thing. <laughs> so Richard that. came down, fell across the floor, tried to get up on his crutches. I've got this vision of something uh, like a destroyed... <laughs> Daddy long legs just <laughs> smashed to pieces across. So, so then, tell us about yeah. how you meant the crutch, just quickly. Oh, the crutch. Well, I had a great idea, yeah. and it worked. It worked really well because the dogs had a, a toy, and that actually it's not a good idea to give our dogs a toy because they just fight over everything. So you can't give them bones together or anything like that. So they end up, it's vet bills time. So uh, so I took the toy off them and I, I cut the end off it. You know, it's one of those dumbbells with mm. the little spiky ends, rubber. So cut the end off it hollowed it out with a drill and this was very difficult because my arm was still in plaster and I couldn't put any weight on the one foot so trying to do anything that's normally quite simple becomes a real task you know things like getting the bits out of the drill is impossible Mm. because there's no strength in one hand in order to try and get the bits out so anyway but I did manage to do something so I I sort of fashioned a a hollow out of the end of the the dog's toy and then I I screwed it onto the end of the crutch and then taped it on with some with some rigger tape and it it, it worked a treat absolutely the the real disappointment (laughs) is that I really wanted to see that today because while we were in Tennessee we bought you a present oh right okay (laughs) oh very good very good you say you say you saved that for me haven't you yeah, very it's a good. bottom for a crutch. It is. Bought specifically for you. Oh, and very, what have you done? Thoughtful. Gone and got the new crutch. He bought that for that's you from kind. some hillbillies 
in the Smoky Mountains. We did. Did you? And we also bought you this. I'll treasure this anyway. Yeah, I think so. It can be a memento of <laughs> oh, your can, uh, disability. Look at this other lovely thing that you're passing me yeah. now. Oh, right. <laughs> That's meant to be something slightly ironic about this as no. well. No. It's a genuine gift. Oh, excellent. Oh, fantastic. Some real life honey and a lovely big chunk of honeycomb in the middle. That's great. Oh, thanks for that. Oh, yeah, and on that note... I'm genuinely, genuinely surprised. Just bear with me, listener, because obviously Richard, being a generous soul that he is, uh, probably wants us to taste it. Well, we should taste it, shouldn't we? (laughs) So, Hev's gone to get some toast. Has she gone to get some toast? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, here we go. So we made earlier. Fantastic. Oh, nice one. Well well done. Well done. You see, you you were doing all this. You were doing this surreptitiously, weren't you, without us realising what was going on. Well, I know that a lot of folk really enjoyed the honey cast, and so I thought it was only fair to extend the honey cast on to some wildflower Tennessee honey Mm. and let you know what we thought of it. That smells great. So we'll spread it so you don't have those sound effects again and be back to you in a moment. That's a great present. Mm. That's really tasty honey. Uh, it's so good to share gifts. Isn't it is. it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Mm. No, it's a I, good. Uh, at least you've I'll tell you what, Ed, if you'd grab it back, he'd never catch you on those crutches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You could either you could put them on the top shelf in the in the pantry. I'd never be able to reach. So, what do we think of Actually, no, Weber on the top shelf in the pantry. honey from the fields of Tennessee? Some say it's the best honey around. Where's our Southern saying books? That's the other thing I listened. Do you know when I listened to a podcast, you were sort of taking off these, these different American expressions, mm. trying to sort of impersonate mm. someone from the deep south? Yeah. I, I don't think you should do it. <laughs> We've got a phrase book. What do you mean? I'm excited as a bug in a tater patch. <laughs> oh, that's quite good. It's improved. I've practiced. Practice makes perfect, I suppose. They know I don't mean any harm. No. <laughs> No, no. Don't you? <laughs> no, it's not harmful to them. It's just harmful to the listener. <laughs> oh, let's see. And you instigated Rach's piano playing, and you're saying this, Rich. No, no, I can't take credit for that. That was, that was Michael that instigated Rach's piano playing. That was Michael's little brainchild. I must say, you've got a face like a toe sack of turnips. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I'm going to have to hide that book. Yeah, I love that book. <laughs> So, Weber Honey from Tennessee, can we please have the chocolate rating? I thought it was definitely uh, green and blacks. (laughs) So awkward, Uh, honestly. So that's a cab, (laughs) Ruth. And Phil, that's a number, that's a three. Oh, no, 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 it's a a milker then, really. Oh, it's a milker. Yeah, but I've substituted milker for green and blacks. I've got it, right. (laughs) I really liked it. I've got to put it on a par with Alan's. It's a milker for me as well. Mm. Well, That's I should nice. give it a Nestle, because obviously it's not as good as Alan's, is it? OK. <laughs> Purely because... <laughs> because I'll have to speak to Alan tomorrow and I don't know where uh, the honey... I see, absolutely. And no, it's really tasty, lovely, and it's got a honeycomb in the middle. Yeah, it's smart. looks fantastic. Mm, that's the job. My rant, my quick rant, is shops that aren't proper. You know, you go inside the florist, don't you, to buy some flowers. And what do you get? 
It's just no beautiful smells. There's nothing. It's just a mess and it's cold and they keep you. They keep you right at the till and you can't really go and see the flowers. It drives me mad. And the second is garden centres. I shan't mention the name, but there's one that has its headquarters very near to here and it drives me nuts. I go in and what do I see? The first thing that I see, a cross-stitch kit. A cross-stitch kit. Then I move on. There's a stained glass panel making machine. Uh, what? <laughs> drives me mad. Why does mad. it annoy you so much, though? Because it's not what it says on the tin, is it? Why don't they say, this florist is a sterile environment full of money-making machines to take money off you with white plants? And why don't they say on the outside of the garden centre, this is an out-of-town department store full of crafty stuff for people who've got nothing on why don't they say that and there's also a cafe with useless food and scones that taste like pigeon poop in fact i'm going to get my southern saying to describe it uh do you have to yes she seems quite fired up rich yeah yeah you don't like those you don't like the garden centers then have i hate them anyway (laughs) Enough from me. In fact, I feel really angry now. I really do. You've worried yourself up. I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Ooh, there we are. And we're not having one. We're not having a garden, garden centre ever. No. no. No, no. So shall we move on to Anita's rant? Be interested to see what Anita's got to say. Here we go. Well, this is the most exciting day for me because I've met one of my heroes and I don't say that lightly because I'm with Anita Roddick and if you look at the Wiggly Wigglers paper bags you will see that one day I went into the body shop and I saw their messages and I thought we can use that idea so I hope you don't mind. Every, every blank space is an opportunity for a message and we're here at the British Library and I'm somehow getting uh, trying to advise you into all sorts of mischief <laughs> um, but I have to say number one I have been a customer and I've got the worms. In fact, one of our franchisees in Australia, when they opened up their huge headquarters, the first thing they had was a wormery too. So Wonderful. So we're in there. But anyway, we're, because I'm a tad older than you, so I could be your mother, <laughs> uh, we're, we're going back to the grumpy old things. And when the last five minutes of our discussion is what really bugs me. And I was going through the things that drive me nuts. And I, and I, have to, I, start, I want to start with florists. <laughs> I don't know about you, how many bunches of flowers do you give or whatever? And the worst are these, these bunches of branches that just will... And they just, you know, it's like bulking. It's like making a sausage with lots of bread in it. <laughs> and so I, I'm anti those. Well, not anti those. It just, they drive me nuts. And, and then it goes to cut flowers. The red roses, the flowers that don't smell and everything. You know why they don't smell? All coming in from Keener, I guess. Absolutely, and a flower and smells when it's stressed, so it, it's going to die quicker. So you won't accept that. So you have to accept that your flower is going to drop, die a little bit quicker, and then you get a beautiful smell if you buy English ones. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, and also a, a lot of the human rights abusers with kids, and and also women in the in the pesticides and the pesticides. So we were starting then, then we moved fairly quickly to this big new invention in our world, which is the experiential garden centre. <laughs> the 
Do you have them anywhere where you are? We do have them, and I think they're more like department stores. Well, they're 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 a phenomenal um, uh, retail phenomenon at the moment. They are because this is where everybody seems to be gravitating on a certain age group. But I'm, you know, I'm just part of the old thinking that I want somebody to advise me who know about putting their hands in the soil. I want somebody who has a passion uh, for growing, and I've got lots of anecdotes and saying, you know, these are the plants that grow happily together. I want, I want that type of wisdom. I just don't want another mass-produced something that, you know, I just... And storytelling. I can't find any bloody storytelling in a in a in a garden centre. Yeah. Just the price. What about your garden? What's your garden? I've got a fabulous garden. I but it's really I'm and I'm in a great garden, which means I'm a great editor. Yeah. Which means I edit things out. And so for me as you get older you want more view and I've got a fabulous garden. It's chalk, so it's not the best. But it's, uh, it's, it's landscaped to such a degree, so I've cut those horrible trees, you know, those fir trees that just grow... Oh, Leylandi, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so every time my husband's away, I, you know, chop one down because I want to be able to see these amazing other, you know, trees through the, through the landscape. So, so is it manicured and No, it's prissy? wild. No, no, no. <laughs> I love it wild, um, so I have a lot of s- some sculpture in there. But I've, I've repeated an Italian garden, so I'm a great one plant person. So one few years, it's all been lavender. Yeah. And oh, I just oh, I just brushing yourself through the lavender is brilliant for bees. Fabulous. Brilliant for bees, and my God, we need to protect them. <laughs> and I do have a problem with those flying rats. Ah, the pigeons. Sc- oh. Pigeons, yeah. Pigeons everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know in Japan, they used to collect uh, nightingale's droppings and rub it with, um, um, and dry it in the sun and put it on their face to whiten the skin. But I've never thought of doing that with a pigeon's (laughs) dropping. That could make a really good use for that. It could really, couldn't it? Um, If any listener knows how to deter pigeons, you'll have to let us know. Please do. And I asked you, Anita, tonight, you've done so much for farmers overseas. And what was your attitude towards British farming? And by that, I don't mean agribusiness. No. I mean the family farm. My my great stand is in this country is we have got it, so many disappearing species, whether it's bird or wildlife. But we've got to look at it and say we've got a, the farmer, the family farm is a disappearing species, and the enemy is a big agrichemical industry and the one crop concept. And it seems to me to preserve the family farmer, what we've got to do is buy from them or support them in any way we can to keep them attached to the land. I am such a believer in local farmers' markets. I went to the local Tesco and Sainsbury's and said, listen, you've got these bloody great car parks. Why can't we put a farmer's market there or, or something there every weekend? So I'm trying to always find creative solutions. So buying from a family farmer and family farmers themselves, I think, got to be got to be more open, got to go into the community and talk their talk because their language, their rhetoric, their stories are being processed by other groups. And I, if I were a farmer, I wouldn't like any bloody person to tell my story because they've got a history. I mean, I remember doing an industrial hemp range in the shops and hundreds of women were coming in saying, we, we you know, grew industrial hemp for the war effort. And, 
you know, those are the stories I think our nation needs, and especially our you know young people need. And why aren't my young people going into farming? Why well, then? Where's the big question? Why? Yeah. Why aren't they not? Why do they want to go into something crappy like banking? Yeah, banking's very boring, you know. <laughs> so have we done our grumpy old women. I think so. Yeah. Well, my, my other bit is just just crap that gets thrown out of cars, fast food packaging. But any and other than that, no. Well, I really like to thank you very much for that, and I've had a real education. So thank you very That's much. That's been fun. <laughs> So, wrapping up this week... Uh, hey, hold on a minute. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? It's my go. Oh, uh, well, what, I, don't tell me. What will it be, Rich? Defra, Townies. The RPA. The RPA. You know, I got a letter from the RPA yesterday, Phil. No, two days ago. When did I put in the application for the single payment scheme? It would have been, was May 2005? Yep. And I had a letter yesterday saying that they hadn't got... Sufficient information to confirm my claim for grazing rights on the common land. Just a minute. (laughs) November. Anyway, it's not my turn. I'm stealing. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Yes, we just want to talk about millet and sunflowers, please, Phil. Did you know that millet is the sixth most important grain in the world and sustains a third of the world's population? It's a significant part of the diet in northern China, Japan, the Soviet Union, Africa, India, and Egypt. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> Have you harvested it? Uh, Patrick has combined his millet and his sunflowers, not necessarily because he thought they were ripe, but he decided that he was going to combine them, and he duly sprayed off the millet and combined it, and he got a good yield of millet. That looks How much? Well, he thinks he's got five or six tonnes off about seven acres, which, given that we thought it was an, a, a crop to be abandoned because we'd had such trouble establishing it, and it looked so rough, and then all of a sudden it looked like a field of millet. I think that's excellent. And the sunflowers he combined, we found a couple of three days where it was sunny in the afternoon and he couldn't resist it, so in the true Herefordshire parlance they had to have it. And he combined those off and we've got them in the drying floor now, drying them off, and they look good. Moisture content on arrival to the farm, Phil? Pretty moist, 20% (laughs) plus. And um, product now, Phil? Aiming to get them to less than 10% because they're quite an oily seed, but they're quite easy to dry, and actually the moisture is more the little bits of stem and stalk that we'll clean out, but we've got to get them dry before we can clean them. And so will the listener end up with a quality product? Absolutely. Are you sure? Yeah, I am. I'm very pleased with them. The seeds are are unblemished, they're nice colour, good size. You know, they're, they're big seeds, bigger than some of the ones we import. And, yeah, they look absolutely fine. Corking. So that's the end of this week's show. No, 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 it's not quite. If Ricardo's going to rant about squirrels, I'm going to have my 30 seconds worth on the RPA. Right. Your 30 seconds starts now. Last week, Lord Back and Lord Whitty, who were in charge of the RPA when this debacle started, declared that it wasn't their fault because they'd been misadvised by their own employees. I thought this was not entirely reasonable, and I've now learnt that they won't sort this mess out for another 12 months from now. And it is costing the country millions of pounds. The cost to the taxpayer is astronomical, and they are incapable, and sacking is not good enough for most of them. Have you had your money, love? No. We've had about half of 2005's money, and within a month they will, in theory at any rate, owe us all of 2006 as well 
and they won't start on 2006's claim until they've finished 2005's. I've asked the bank manager, Greg Fowler, to come on the show and tell us about what impact he's seen with the farms in our local area because he's agricultural manager for the whole of Herefordshire. In fact, I think he may be agricultural manager for the region. I think he is. He's, he's regional manager, so it's West Midlands. So he's going to come on and give us some comments. That'll be interesting. So there'll be even more moaning and groaning <laughs> from farmers all over the place. Fair play, though. I mean, it is a madness, isn't it? What a load of nuggets, you know? Utterly The, the really worrying thing is that, all right, I've got experience with DEFRA and, and the RPA, but the suspicion is that the health service, the education service, the defence ministry that the whole lot is run with this level of incompetence. And if you think along those lines, it is just outrageous. The so, listener, if you weren't depressed before the show mm. started, hopefully you are now. Mm. And in today's post, we've got a good and a bad, so I just thought I'd share those with you. We've got from Mr Lancaster in Essex. Thank you for the delivery of Wiggly Crumble. The small size of the seed is appreciated by the robins, the chaffinches and the blue tits love it. And then I've got a letter from Mr Bartley who says he's returning our Bringing a Garden to Life book because he thinks that his wife will find the text irritating. Well, I'm sorry about that, Mr Bartley. We've given you a refund. But the thing is, we love it. And isn't it better to have products that are either loved or hated. The last thing we want is mediocrity. A book the same as everyone else. Why don't we do that? I don't think so. So thank you for your comments. Well done. And it's been a show of rants. <laughs> Another rant from Mr Bartley. <laughs> so what's on next week's show, Rich? I've got no idea, Hev. It's squirrels, mate. Right, squirrels. Yes, Excellent. It's Philippa with her squirrels. Save our squirrels. We're going to hear all about red squirrels. Um, I think the bank manager's coming up the week after. And my thing is, when have you got us Robin Page? Robin was supposed to be coming when you guys were drifting around the US, but yeah. uh, he assures me that he'll be making an appearance before Christmas. Because he wrote an, a whole article about leaf blowers. I, I think he, him and Phil will get on really, really, really well. Him and Phil will get on really well, and uh, I'm hoping that's the case anyway. I mean, if I'll do my level best to in, encourage the, the opposite to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he could give me some hints on toast training. Yeah, yeah. Because he's an expert dog trainer. He's right, very right. good. You put the honey on top of it and eat it. Phil. Ah, very good. <laughs> Off we go. Nice to have you back, Rich. Nice even though there. you have been a royal pain. <laughs> and listen in next week, listener. I must say that if you want to do us a mega favour, there is one of three things that you can do for us. One, put a comment up on iTunes. Oh, Phil. You wanted to mention iTunes. Just before we go, uh, as a bit of feedback from last week, I investigated downloading iTunes and uh, subscribing to the podcast. And the listener who couldn't do it without giving her credit card details and, and setting up an account, you don't need to set up an account of any shape or form. Just download iTunes, follow the instructions, and navigate straight to the podcasts page. Find the Wiggly podcast and press subscribe. It's free, and I made it work, so that was fine. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Excellent. Number two, you know this viral marketing lark? Well, share our show with your friends, please. That would be lovely. If you like it, email them and let them know about it, and you could even speak to them. That would be handy. Even tell them about it. But the important thing is to tell them how to get the podcast, because lots of people still don't know. 
And the third thing is, leave me a comment on my Chingo, or email us, or comment on the blog. So, goodbye from us. If you want to tune in to next week's, we'd love to have you listening. And our website is www.wigglywigglers.co.uk. Great e-news this week going out. Great e-news. Right. You can subscribe online if you feel in the mood. I can't tell you what's in it, but it's a deal. Big deal. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye from me. Nice shirt, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> it is a nice shirt. Oh, I do like this shirt.